Hello and welcome to the show today. I am your host and founder of Heaven to Earth, Susan Fleming, business alignment therapist equipping kingdom leadership to multiply life without burnout. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to introduce you to today's guest, Debbie Billick. There are many labels that I could give Debbie, wife, mother, grandmother, She's an author, influencer, intercessor, missionary, beloved daughter of God, working both within the church and outside the church. Debbie has really embraced this role of leader, and I cannot wait to dive into her journey today. Debbie, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you, Susan. I am so honored to be here today on your broadcast, and I absolutely love what you're doing to equip leaders in kingdom leadership, bringing heaven to earth. And I've been watching your videos and you're so inspiring and encouraging and you really usher in a spirit of peace over everything you do. So thank you for what you're giving out and pouring into leaders. I'm just thrilled to be here with you today. Oh, thank you for being here. That's awesome. Yeah. One of the things that um, the Lord has told me is that I carry his rest. And so I have a lot of people say, yeah, I'm just, I feel so peaceful around you. (laughs) So true. Yes. It's a gift. Yeah. Well, let's set the scene for the viewers and just take us back to 12-year-old Debbie. What were you doing back then? What was life like for you? Uh, I love this question because it really challenged me in seeing how everything we've gone through, whether good or bad, has prepared us for the roles the Lord has us in as adults. And so, but it was a challenging question because as you mentioned in your broadcast, it's that time between uh, childhood and adolescence, and it's an awkward time, and it's trying to figure out who we are. And and I was reminiscing so much about being, I was a total tomboy, always playing ball. I had brothers and we played ball in the streets and with their friends, building forts, climbing trees, trekking through the fields near my house, exploring. And I absolutely loved sports. They were most mostly, that was my life back then. And I ran track, played soccer, basketball, powder puff and flag football, softball, volleyball, and I have memories of, of um, especially at 12, I, I received my first 10 speed bicycle at Christmas time. And I remember just riding my bike all over town, no hands, you know, just no fear, wind whipping through my hair, full of confidence, physically strong and just ready to conquer the world. But there was the other side, the spiritual side where my family, we attended a mainstream denominational church on Sundays, but that was the gist of our spiritual life. And, you know, we believed in God, but we didn't know him. And as a child, I was super spiritually sensitive, but my family and the church, they didn't really understand or support any of it. And as I would share things that I felt or that I saw as a child, I was told that it was all in my head, that I was crazy, that my imagination was out of control. And, you know, now I understand that these were spiritual gifts that I was born with, but unfortunately they were completely shut down because the adults in my life didn't have a grid for the spiritual realm. And so I really, at that stage of who am I, you know, trying to figure it out, I began to think I was crazy. So I stopped talking about the things I was seeing, hearing, and feeling. And, you know, despite my spiritual gifts being shut down, and even though my parents, they would always refer to me as shy, I always seemed to find myself in leadership roles, 
whether it was being appointed the leader of an assigned group project in school or the captain of a sports team that I was on, I just seemed to find myself in positions of influence. And I remember as I was thinking back on that, I remember the raging battle inside of being super insecure, shy, whatever you want to call it, not knowing who I was, not knowing there was a God who had a plan for my life, but really just being placed, forced into these leadership positions, which put really great pressure on myself that I had to get it right. And I had to do it in my own strength, which, you know, that's a pretty tough role to carry as a kid. So I've learned as an adult that everything we go through, like I said, is training for our future assignments. And as I was pondering this and just praying into it, the Lord gave me a dream. And back in um, in childhood, my favorite in junior high, high school, my favorite sport was basketball. And I was most often the shortest person on the team, but I was really fast. So I usually ended up playing point guard. And so the Lord gives me this dream as I'm pondering your question and all of this. And it was really significant because I was back on the basketball court in high school and I was playing point guard and basketball in high school was my life. It, it was everything, my everything, you know, and before it was before I knew the Lord. And so I woke up from the dream feeling that same euphoria that I used to feel when playing the sport. Like I was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I didn't want to wake up from the dream. And I sat with the Lord and just asked him for the significance because I knew it was there was something in this he wanted me to grasp. And he began to show me how when we look back over our lives, we're able to see patterns as to how he uses everything we go through, the good and the bad, to equip us for our future assignments. And I immediately had the revelation that playing point guard all those years had equipped me for what I'm doing now as the, uh, as the Lord uses me to equip and train the body of Christ to set them up for the victory. Because the point guard, if you know basketball at all, it, they control the tempo of the game and they're the team member who sets up the plays on the court. And the main, but the main requirement is to distribute the ball to her teammates in positions that give them the opportunity to just score. So great passing skills are essential. And point guards are not usually the high scorers of the game. Instead, they get recognized as the most for the most assists, where they're getting literally getting the ball to others who make the score. And so I, as I was pondering this dream, I was realizing, you know, this is exactly what I'm doing in my current, current assignments from the Lord. I get to help set leaders and influencers up for the win or for the score. And I get to help by imparting strategy, distributing the necessary tools to those I'm ministering to, to give them opportunity to overcome and have victory in their lives. So it's just, it was a fun journey. You took me on with that question. So thank you. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's so incredible. That's just, yeah. And I can just see exactly like you're explaining, <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> the players on the court and how, what your role is in that and how that relates to leadership. That's just like, you know, as God does, gives us the perfect, <laughs> yeah, the perfect revelation of those things. Wow. Yeah. So I'm curious to know, you know, let's go back to one of the things you said, um, that you didn't, you kind of shut down the gift because the, the adults in your life didn't have a grid for what was going on. You didn't have a grid for what was going on. And you felt like maybe it wasn't okay to share those things. So how did you learn that it was okay, that it was a gifting, that you were prophetic, that you were hearing from the Lord or seeing 
things, you know, in the spirit? How did you discover that part of, you know, that it, that it was okay. You know, it was a good thing. Yeah, that was a long process in between from 12 to where I am now. And it's amazing because I went away to college and found the Lord. I was, I was out for a jog, came in to the dorm. They were having a dorm talk and an evangelist was in the dorm speaking on um, just all kinds of answering questions that kids had, college students. And it was so exciting. But that night I really found the Lord and gave my heart to him and un began understanding, standing lordship and studying the Bible for myself and really grew into that faith of those seeds that were planted sitting in church as a child, but not understanding any of it. You know, as a child, it was kind of dead history. And, and as I um, started understanding who Christ was and he, that he wants to influence every aspect of our life and he has a plan and a purpose for us. So I, went through, you know, college, met my husband, we got married, we went to the mission field because we had, we both were just wanted to help the poor, wanted to save the world, you know, um, did all of that, did ministry, but it was very, it was not spirit filled. We were doing everything in our own strength. And I remember uh, on the mission field, I remember one day this lady, we lived in the desert of Mexico and this lady, we would go out to these labor camps and pray for people and take clothes and food and distribute things. And this lady came and handed me her baby that had died, it died in her arms. And she handed me that baby. And I just held that baby and I felt so helpless. And I, it was devastating because I had my own beautiful baby at the time. My baby was six months old and just vibrant and alive and nourished and, and just well cared for. And this baby was handed to me and I sat there just looking up to heaven, like, God, you have to do something. But I didn't know back then that he was the God that still heals the, you know, raises the dead, heals the sick. And it, again, it was in my own strength, like praying for this child and, that impacted me for the rest of my life. And, and I began really searching out who is this God I'm reading about in the book of Acts? Who is this God that does these signs, miracles, and wonders everywhere he goes and, and had the power to raise the dead, had the power to heal the sick. And so took me on this journey. But I myself, when we came back from the mission field, got very sick with all kinds of autoimmune diseases, migraine headaches, chronically ill for over 20 years still trying, struggling, trying to serve the Lord, trying to obey him, but again, not spirit filled, doing everything in my own power. And I went to a meeting because my son was home and he was at a university back East and he was uh, experiencing revival. They were actually staying up late in the prayer chapel, praying every night till three in the morning, these young college guys, and they'd go out to the streets, the bus stops, parking lots, and they would pray for people. And they were seeing people get out of their wheelchair hearing restored, uh, people coming into their right minds. So I was just blown away. But he was back on Christmas break and he was asked to speak to a group to share a group at the healing rooms to share what was going on. And I went with him. I was very, very sick that day, but I got out of bed trying to support him, went and I sat in the back row and this lady came up to me and she began prophesying and praying for me. And I had my eyes closed because I was in a miserable place. And I remember she shared, she spoke into my life things that I had only shared with the father. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, what? That was the first encounter I'd had with a prophetic word spoken into my life. But the word went just slammed into my spirit and it woke something up in me. 
And six months later, my son was back for summer break, got to speak again. Same thing, a perfect stranger came up to me, prophesied into my life. So all of a sudden I'm, I'm receiving these prophetic words, my spirit's coming to life. And I'm like, I want to, how do these people know these things? And I want to be that in tune with God. So I started studying the prophetic, reading everything I could, really digging into the word. And that was my start of my prophetic journey. And then I, and fast forward, I went to a school of prophecy and a word was spoken into my life that broke something off of me. And I walked out of that school and literally into a prophetic life and began prophesying over everyone that I came across. That's so incredible. That's so incredible. I have similar story with me, um, you know, very early on, very young, seeing things, hearing things, not having the grid for it. And again, just, you know, just like you having to, it, it was a journey. It was a journey. You know, I really had to, had to seek that out and, um, and I don't want to say develop it necessarily, but, you know, realize what it is yeah. and that it is okay for us to do that, right? God wants us to do that. We all have that ability. If anybody's watching this thinking, oh, well, that's, you know, great for them, but that's not me, right? It's available to everybody. <laughs> yeah. You have that same uh, that same ability to to hear from heaven, to hear from God, to see in the spirit, to heal and and do the signs and wonders, right? Jesus said that we would do everything he did and more, right? Yeah. Beyond what he even did. And like you said, he was healing people everywhere he went, raised the dead, you know, himself came back to life. Like, I, I still feel like even as much you know, as the church has been growing, I feel like right now we're in a time of a, a new awakening to the power that we have within us. Um, and I know that, um, you know, you are serving on the prophetic team now. I'm just curious, what are, what are you seeing where you're at? It's exciting because we have people from all walks of life come in. We have real strong believers that are ministers, you know, serving out there. We have business people. We have people off the streets. We have homeless people. We have um, blue collar workers, you know, just all, all incomes, all um, spiritual levels, if you want to call it that. And, and it's exciting because God is not a respecter of persons and what he does for one, he does for all. Mm -hmm. And so the people that come in hungry, it's so exciting to see a timely prophetic word, just go in and break things off of them and ignite, you know, the, the Bible says in first um, Corinthians 14, one, that we should desire all the spiritual gifts, but especially that we should prophesy. Mm -hmm. And when you take that, like, you know, all of the spiritual gifts are available to us, but we should be, literally be going after and coveting the gift of prophecy because it brings edification, exhortation, and comfort. And I know in my life, I was so sick when people started prophesying over me. And as they prophesied and the word went in that confirmed what God was already doing in my life, they were bringing the, you know, the comfort, the encouragement, the exhortation, and literally the illnesses began falling to the ground one by one as the word of God was going in. Cause the word of God goes in and doesn't return void. It does the very thing in which it was sent to prosper. Isaiah 55, 11 talks about that. And so as the word of life was going in, 
you know, literally light and darkness cannot coexist, right? So the darkness in me, those things that were from the devil trying to, from childhood even shut me down, were, were coming back to life. And the darkness was having to go because the word of God was taking over my spirit, soul, and body and my mind. You know, the mind is such, um, it, I've heard you talk about, Susan, about the battle of the mind. And it's, it really, that's what it comes down to because I remember one of the ladies spoke to me and she said, um, second Corinthians 10 verses four and five, that talks about the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And I realized I had developed this really negative mindset through life of being sick and just being miserable and striving in my own strength. And so as I started, I, that word went in and I started taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. I realized it was a, it was a battle to do that. But the more I took my mind, you know, those thoughts captive, the immediate, if an immediate negative thought rose up, you grab it, you take it captive. And then you ask the Lord, what does he want to replace it with? And you will watch your mind literally be transformed. And that's what's happened to me over the past many years. You know, my mind has been transformed. Illnesses have fallen off. The word of God has broken things off of me. And the chains that have been broken now, I'm free to, to be the woman of God created me to be equipping, training, and leading others in the kingdom. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. That's so good. You know, because I... Again, just within my own story, you know, you were saying you had over 20 years of, of illness and, you know, health issues. And for me, it was 20 years of health issues that I, I knew didn't have a medical basis. Yeah. You know, it was, it was over 20 years of just the consequences of not having, you know, not living in the spirit yeah, and, and being so grounded <laughs> in yeah. the world and believing the lies, you know? So when I talk about renewing the mind, it's, it's, it's very personal to me, you know, it's something that I've lived through and I love that you give that, that practical application of this is how you do it. I didn't have the trust I think, or the, the faith to, um, or even, I would even say the relationship with God at that time to, you know, recognize that negativity, take it, you know, take hold of it and ask him what to do with it. Like you were just explaining. I didn't, I, I had no, that would have never crossed my mind <laughs> to talk to God about that. Like, what, <laughs> you know? And so for me, I went to the science of it and I love that he, he gives us these tools to use, right? He gives us the resources to, you know, if you don't have the faith for that, it's okay. You can use this until you do right. Yeah. Like he makes a way regardless. And he, he brings these things to you in the way that he knows you're going to be able to receive it. And I just wanted to point that out for people that there's not, you know, there's multiple ways that he can be speaking to you. So if you hear something that Debbie says and you try it and you're like, oh, that didn't really work for me. Or you hear something that I say and you try it and you're like, oh, maybe that didn't really, you know, ask the Lord, 
just ask him, right? He wants you to be in freedom. So just asking him for that strategy personal to you. What is the thing that's going to help unlock that mm-hmm. next level for you or break off those old mindsets that you need to let go of or, or you know, replacing those lies with truth, just going back to him for that. And so I feel like so much of um, what we've been kind of dancer dancing around here is, is pulling these strategies from heaven. Right. And I know that's, that's the name, uh, you know, you're the founder of strategies from heaven. And so talk to us about um, what that is and what you do and what does that mean to pull strategies from heaven? Oh, that's so such a great question. It's a big question because like you said, God does speak to us in so many different ways. And really it boils down to, you know, I've worked in both the secular and the spiritual world. And so dealing with leadership in both departments, but it all comes back to God always that there are only two kingdoms in the world. So everything we say and do, every decision we make serves either the kingdom of God or the kingdom of Satan. And that's powerful to wrap your head around, like every decision, everything. And I know we're talking to business leaders and ministry leaders and just people in leadership. And so when you think about that and ponder that and reflect on that, whether you're the owner or an employee, whether you're in ministry, they're all gifts from God. And your sole purpose, wherever the Lord places you, is to partner with him to influence and love others and to build the kingdom of God on earth. And so, you know, how do you do that when you're sick, when you're depressed, when you've got anxiety, when, you know, all these things that are um, so prevalent in the world right now, I, I, you know, you, you go on Facebook or any of these social media and everyone's dealing with anxiety, fear, stress, the, the whole COVID thing, the whole political agendas, you know, it's, it's fear-based. And so when I was being healed up, um, many different things were happening in the, in my life at the same time. And that's when I got to the other side of my healing, I was able to just really go back and reflect on the strategies the Lord had given me. And there were so many strategies that I learned from other people that I learned from just sitting in his presence. But, um, I have a couple books on strategies from heaven, but some basic ones that are so powerful are just decreeing the word of the Lord, you know, stating, speaking out loud, the word of the Lord, because like I said before, the word doesn't return void. It's going to go out. The Lord created the world. He's the master creator. Everything he did was, did was speaking the word he spoke and it came into being. And so when we speak those negative things over our lives, the verse about, um, you know, there's life and death and the power of the tongue. And I realized I was speaking negative, negative, negative all the time out of my mouth. And when the Lord flipped that for me by bringing other people to speak life into me, and I saw what it was doing, reminding me who I am in Christ, reminding me that I have a destiny, a call on my life that only I can fulfill. And I thought, wow. So I just really started um, memorizing scripture and really diving into scripture and trying to, you know, transform my mind. And the Lord was literally rewiring my mind as I was doing that. And so um, decreeing the word is huge worship when you don't, when you're really down, depressed, like sometimes I couldn't even get out of bed. You turn on that worship music because worship pushes back darkness. The enemy cannot stand to be in the room where where there's worship music playing. So that's a powerful weapon of, of is worship. You know, you think of 
uh, in Chronicles, it talks about Jehoshaphat and, you know, three enemy nations are coming against him. And what does he do? He calls the, the nation to fast and pray. And then he sends out the worshipers on the front line. And before you know it, you know, God uses their worship, their praise to turn the enemy nations against each other and they killed off each other. And then um, the, the king and his nation got, you know, there was so much plunder, they couldn't even haul it. It took three days to haul it all away. But that's God. They didn't lift a weapon. They didn't fight. They fought in the spirit. So fighting in the spirit, you know, worship is a, is a really powerful tool. And then another one, when you know not what to do, when you know, of course you pray, but praying in the spirit has such power. And you referred to, um, you know, the Lord revealing things to you. And I find when I don't know what to do, when I need strategy, when I'm trying to come up with a decision or do something that I need to do an assignment for the Lord. When I pray in the spirit, the downloads just come, I'll get on my bike or I'll, I'll go for a walk and I'm praying in the spirit and the downloads just come. They just, they come to you because why it's, it's God himself interceding for us, praying for us with deep groans and utterances that we can't understand with our human mind. How beautiful is that, that the God of the universe would pray for us and intercede for us. And that is just the most powerful tool. And another um, thing that I always do now before I go to bed is I always pray out of Psalms, the verse that says, um, I will praise the Lord who counsels me, even at night, my heart instructs me. Mm. And when I pray that before going to bed, it just opens up my mind to the Lord and what he wants to do. And I know that when I'm going to sleep at night, the Lord is downloading things to me actual solutions for the next day, for the things I need to say, the decisions I need to make, the influence I need to have. He's giving me those downloads and those strategies. There are, there's so many other strategies, you know, taking communion. When I was sick and it, in one year, I went from being on 10 prescription medications a day to zero, but it was a process of weaning off those medications. And so while I, when I was weaning off the medications, I would replace it with communion and I would take communion and plead the blood of Jesus because Jesus did, died on the cross for my healing. Jesus died on the cross for my wellness, you know, for my wholeness. And so by taking communion in place of the medication, it's it, it powerful. You're pleading the blood of Jesus over, over everything. Yeah. That's so, so powerful. I think that's something that, that we we often forget is the power that's in communion, Yeah. right? Because I grew up in a church where you only did it certain times of the year, right? It wasn't, it wasn't a lifestyle. <laughs> and so, yeah, for me, that's one of the beautiful things that the Lord has shown me just within the last year or so that, you know, communion is that that remembrance of when you put that in, you know, he is in you, you're putting your, his, his body into your body, right. And, and his blood and, and it's just, it's been so powerful for me doing communion. Um, like you said, when you were sick, I, I did it recently when I was sick and I would take um, the medication I had to take. First of all, I prayed about, Lord, do I do I need to take this? <laughs> yeah, because I'm not one that likes to take medication at all. So I was praying about that and I really felt like it was something I needed to do. And so as I would take that pill, that was my bread. 
right? Like I was taking communion with the medication and, you know, even in, I had a client last year who, again, health issues, and I was taking communion with her every day for 30 days. We did it together. And so just, and there's, there's so much in that, that I know we could go into, but just, just a reminder for people, communion is so powerful, so powerful. And, you know, it, it could be the strategy that you've, you from heaven that you've been seeking and, it, you know, it just didn't occur to you. I know it, it, again, just for me, it wasn't something that I was used to doing. And so the Lord took me into what that could could look like so I love that you brought that up and all the other just really practical strategies that you gave for people if y'all didn't get that rewind go back write it down there's so many so many nuggets in that so many strategies from heaven because you know just as as my business name is heaven to earth right that's what we're supposed to be doing that's part of our mandate is bringing heaven to earth bringing what's in the spiritual into the natural or in the spirit to the natural. And so, yeah, um, I'm curious to know, I know for me, I, I have a few things come to mind that have happened over the past few years of being in leadership um, where there's there seems to still be this, this divide of secular and sacred and I know you've worked in both spaces right if you want to categorize it that way so I'm, I'm curious what you've seen in the different leadership positions that you've been in um, how you've been received as as a woman in leadership within the church or maybe not within the church whichever one of those you want to respond to <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a loaded question as well. <laughs> You're full of good questions. And you know, I love that Jeremiah 33 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and mighty things you do not know. So whenever I'm stumped, I oh, okay, Lord, I'm calling to you. But I love that question because I have worked in both sectors. And I realize that as a believer, as a kingdom leader, you carry the favor of the Lord, no matter for every situation what that you're in, whether the people you're working for or the business you're leading is a Christian business or not, you still carry the favor of the Lord and you carry his anointing on you. And I'm thinking of a couple of examples. For seven years, I had worked in a large, uh, for a large nonprofit secular organization in my county. And a few years in, as the company was experiencing really rapid growth, my job description was changing almost daily. And I found myself being asked to do certain things that were really going against my belief system. And they weren't illegal or anything like that, but they were challenging my personal value system and how I wanted to be spending my time. And after much prayer and contemplation, I went into the CEO's office to resign. And he asked me why, and he was not a believer. Mm -hmm. And I told him that I was being asked to do things that I had moral convictions about. And he stopped me and he pleaded with me to rethink it and not to resign. And so I went home and I was further praying into the situation, but I knew in my spirit that I was not going back, that I, I couldn't go back and continue with this particular job. And a couple of days later, the CEO, along with the COO, they called me in and urged me not to quit. And they actually said to me, if we don't have a job opening that fits your desires, we will create one to keep you. 
And I went home thinking, wow, that's the favor of the Lord that all kingdom leaders carry. We're not to be influenced by the business, but we're to influence the business or the ministry and the principles and values of the Lord. And this, this example showed me how God will use us and open doors of influence, even in dark places. And, it, you know, that reminds me of uh, Psalm 37, 23, that says the steps of the righteous are ordered to the Lord and he delights in his way. So the Lord was using me to bring influence to that organization as it grew. And he opened a door that didn't even exist so that his influence could continue in that place. And I love stories like that. You know, I, I remember back in that same job, I was reading about secular businesses such as Disney and Google that were allowing company prayer meetings for employees to initiate and lead. Wow. And they even provided workspace for the prayer meetings you know, if, if somebody would initiate and lead it, they were pr providing a place for them to meet. And I remember going in, wanting to hold a prayer meeting, asking, I got denied by the board of directors for the company I was working for. And I was really disappointed, but I continued praying for the Lord to open a door. And I worked in an upstairs office, upstairs office with several women, but specifically two believers who also wanted to pray with me. And so the three of us began meeting offsite three times a week before work to start our day with prayer. And within one month, I was given my own office. And all of a sudden, people began knocking on my door, coming in secret to me for prayer, mm -hmm. for both personal issues and work-related issues. And, you know, it made me think, though I was denied a prayer meeting, the Lord honored my desire and my actions. Mm -hmm. And he moved me to my own office. And he was sending people to me in private to do what he had already put on my heart to accomplish. And even he, he worked out every detail of it. I had two doors even to my office. And one was a back door with a staircase that, that nobody used. So people that wanted prayer started coming up the back door into the office so that it was very discreet. And, you know, it was just, God just sets you up when your heart is for him. But, um, you know, you talked about being a woman in leadership can be challenging and, I, I truly feel the Lord is calling the Debras in this season to arise. You know, Deborah led men into battle on the front lines with Barack, and that's powerful. And I, I, when I was thinking about being 12 again and growing up with brothers and their friends and how that prepared me for working with men, and I didn't have sisters, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have a lot of women influence. I was a tomboy out there. And so I was thinking about back when my husband and I, so I gave you some a taste of the secular world and how the Lord works. And then in the spiritual world, my husband and I were serving as missionaries in Mexico. And we had a new, I had a newborn baby. I was still nursing. We went down there when she was seven weeks old and I would find myself just sitting in, I was the one that was fully bilingual. So I found myself sitting in these board meetings, translating for men, you know, 10 men at a time while my newborn baby was nursing under a blanket draped across my shoulder. And, you know, just serving in those situations where how do you balance it as a woman, as a mom, as a, you know, you have different roles than your husband would have or than a man would have. But the Lord, again, he just makes a way where there seems to be none. And, and um, the respect and the honor comes from him. There's, I didn't put myself in the, I just, was obedient to go to the mission field. We were called, we went, and then I found myself in these situations. And even upon our return from the mission field, I found myself serving on two boards of directors as the liaison between a Spanish speaking church 
and an English speaking church here in America. They were sharing a facility at the time. And again, I was the only woman in these meetings, but I was, I was called by God and placed there by God to do what he had equipped me to do. And even raised me up to do as a, as a child, he was training me for these things. So those, I don't know if I answered your question or went roundabout there, but um, you know, God's assignments, they fuel you when you know who you are and what you're doing, no matter if you're working for men, women, no matter if you're working in the secular or the spiritual realm, no matter what you're doing, when the Lord calls you to it, it fuels you. And I've heard you again, Susan, talk about this, that you know, there's jobs we've all done that are grueling, hard and exhausting. But when we're doing what the Lord's called us to do and uh, created us to do, we're, we become fueled and excited and passionate and energized and full of joy. And so I just want to encourage each of you out there, you know, you are called for such a time as this. You were put on this earth and have been placed exactly where you are living for this very moment in history. Uh, I'm thinking of Acts 17, 26 and 27, and it says from one man, he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their lands. God intended that they would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him, we live and move and have our being. I love that. So it's not an accident that every one of you is where you are right now, living in the house that you're living in, living in the neighborhood you're living in, working in the job you're working. God has orchestrated all of it and you just have to be obedient. And, you know, you're, you think about that. Think about God strategically placing all of us, you know, exactly where he wants us. Your neighborhood should be so blessed because you carry the presence of the living God and you're living there. They should be blessed. Your, your job should be so blessed because you are there carrying the presence of the living God. Your ministry should be so blessed. And so, you know, transformation, it happens one individual at a time and submitting to the authority of God and where he's placed you to serve in any given time in history. Yes, yes, yes. You know, one of the things that I, I notice about you is just this authority that you speak with. And it's not, it's not authority in the way that we typically think of it or see it in leaders. I'm wondering if you can speak to that um, because we all have that authority, right? We've all been given it, but we don't all demonstrate it in that way. But it's something about you where that it really stands out to me that you speak with such authority but it's so full of love like mm -hmm. I can feel I, I'm just I'm in all the feels over here um <laughs> I can just feel the love from you that it's yeah it's an authority of love it's not authority you know like demanding of how the world presents authority does that am I making sense <laughs> yeah I I think that just goes back to you know what's the verse that talks about um to whom much is or uh to whom much is forgiven he who is forgiven much loves much hmm. and that's I've been forgiven so much when I think about everything I went through in life and and just all the failures, all the mess ups, all the things I wish I could redo, you know, and God loves me anyway. And he chose me anyway. And he, he pulled me up out of the muck and the mire and he dusted me off and, and, and just 
relit a fire in me. He reminded me, you know, he used other people to remind me who I am, what I carry. And that's, that's a word for every one of you, no matter what, nothing can separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. And I just think, you know, I've experienced that so deeply, his love and, and just, I've just tried to be faithful with the little things. And, you know, when you're faithful with the little things, God gives you more and more and he expands your territory and your impact as you are experiencing, Susan, you know, just you're faithful with what he's called you to do. And he's expanding your territory. And Matthew 25, um, I think it's 23, talks about the parable of the talents where the master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And that's that's a word for all of us. You know, what I've heard you ask people, what makes a great leader? And it's being a servant leader. You know, we're, we're not uh, we're not appointed as a leader to lead and to be given a platform and to be, uh, you know, just an influencer. We are called to be a leader, to be to serve. And that's what the Lord's really imparted. I've served under some really awesome leaders and I've served under some dictator leaders and you know, the Lord is just making me a servant leader. And I realize mm -hmm. as I serve others and I'm vulnerable and, and sharing my um, failures and my victories, uh, it, it's it's impacting more people than if you just, like you said, you see someone on platform and you think, oh, they're everything. Well, it took a journey to get there and it took a lot of heartache to get there. And it took a lot of betrayals and abuse and neglect and mess ups, failures to get where they're at. And so I think that authority just comes from understanding, wow, God, you know, it's him. It's nothing that I can do. It's, it's totally him. And even talking about kingdom leadership, kingdom leadership is so upside down in, in, you know, everything about the kingdom is upside down, right? We, we get betrayed or wounded. We're supposed to turn the other cheek and, and let God be our vindicator. And, you know, we're supposed to give and out of giving, we get more, you know, it doesn't make sense. The world likes to save and hoard. And, and I was thinking about, um, about that, the upside down kingdom leadership. And he, the Lord even talks about praying for our enemies. And if you look at, you take that in the secular business world, that would sometimes be viewed as your competitors, not, you know, not necessarily enemies, but they're your, they're your competitors. And I remember a friend and I, we used to meet at a local coffee shop once a week for ministry planning, and we always found opportunities to bless and pray. These are real practical things I'm sharing. Um, bless and pray for the owner of the coffee shop who believed in God, but didn't really know him. And one day she actually asked us to pray that the new coffee shop opening around the corner would fail and not succeed. And I challenged her to instead pray blessings over them, explaining that God had given her her business and it would fail or, or succeed as he permitted. And I, I reminded her of Job 121. It states that God is the one who gives and takes away. And what is our response? It says, blessed be the name of the Lord. And so I was explaining this to the, the owner of the coffee shop, that there's room in the kingdom of God for everyone. You know, there's no room for jealousy. There's no, there's room for everybody. And I suggested to her that instead of praying against this new business opening up, that we should go over and bless the new coffee shop, welcome them to the neighborhood, offer to pray for their business. And as we, you know, as we bless and honor others above ourselves, God blesses us even more. God's shovel is always bigger than our own shovel, right? The more we give out, the more we shovel out, 
the more comes in. It's a, a known fact that we cannot outgive God. And he has so much to pour out through us when we come, when we become vessels of his overflow. And so I just always go back to, I, I celebrate the people God's given me influence over, celebrate them, allow them as a leader. I give them freedom to be who they were created to be, even if they're going to surpass me, even if they're going to be more blessed than I, even if they're going to be more articulate than I am, whatever, whatever, like, Lord, have your way in them. Because the kingdom, that's when the kingdom wins. That's when the kingdom of God comes to earth, heaven to earth, is when we're all celebrating each other, getting behind each other, encouraging each other in their kingdom assignments. That's when multiplication and global transformation will occur. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. There's no competition because God is not in lack. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah, I know we get in this mindset of there's only so much and we, you know, we got to protect ours. And he's like, I give freely to everybody. Yes, there's enough for everybody. So you can pray and bless what could be seen as your competitor, because I've given provision for your vision and I've given provision for their calling as well. And so there's not you know, it's, it's not like we're, if I don't get it, they'll get it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. true. Yeah. There's no lack. Oh, so good. So, so good. Well, we started out talking about 12 year old Debbie. So let's go back to her for a minute. And if you could turn back time, go back and talk to her now, what would you say to her? Wow. I would tell 12-year-old Debbie and all of you out there that you are called, chosen, set apart for this very moment in history. You have a calling on your life and a destiny that only you can fulfill. The Lord has given you specific gifts and talents that he will grow and refine for his purposes. And I would tell her, keep your eyes on Jesus all the days of your life. He will be the one who keeps you on track in his perfect will. And I would be honest, it won't always be easy but it will be very rewarding and very fruitful. And I would remind 12-year-old Debbie of Proverbs 19.21 that says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that will prevail. And as you ask the Holy Spirit to guide you, teach you, instruct you, and keep you on the path the Lord has mapped out for your life, the Lord will show you how to partner with his angels to accomplish all that he's assigned for you to fulfill on earth. And uh, just, you know, partner with God, partner with God all the days of your life, and you'll be fruitful and fulfilled and joyful and full of his love, joy, and peace. Yes, yes. The joy of the Lord is our strength, right? <laughs> Amen. That's so good. Well, I know people are going to want to connect with you, stay connected, and and just be in your world after hearing all the goodness that you had to share. So let them know where can they find you. And if you um, want to just talk a little bit about the mentorship that you have. Oh, yes. Thank you. Um, yeah. Everything you can find about me on uh, strategiesfromheaven.com is my website. And if you want to reach out by email, there's a place to do that there as well. And I, um, I mentor a lot of, a lot of people, individuals and groups, and, um, just trying to break things off of people. If you feel stuck, if you feel like you're in a place where you just need a little push, a little nudge, uh, I have some really good strategies and my books are also available on there. I have a book called strategies from heaven contending for the impossible. And that is loaded with the strategies that 
I received my, what the world said was impossible healing because everything I was diagnosed with was supposedly incurable, but the Lord with the strategies he gives walked me into my healing. And then I, I took that book and, um, did another revised version of it for the ecclesia and I, it's 12 strategies from heaven for the ecclesia calling the church to a higher place and really implementing the strategies of the lord to live out your call and destiny and to become a world changer so you can find those books there i also have a healing book on my healing testimony it's a real short read and and some other resources there so thank you susan yes it's so so powerful i've got the link uh, all the links in the description of the video. So go click on those, get your appointment with Debbie. <laughs> you don't want to miss out on this, get the books. There's just, there's so much power in sharing our stories, you know, being able to impart the things that we, we've been given to others, right? Those things that we, we overcome, we then have to give away. And so just, yeah, if you're in that place of, I need healing, get her books or make an appointment with her. I really want to just encourage you to do that and, and get that healing for yourself. So Debbie, thank you again. This has just been such a wonderful conversation. I know that, um, I know that chains will be broken off of the people who listen to this. Amen. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy to be with all of you today. God bless you. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you want to learn more about me or any of my guests, all of the links are in the description below the video. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share it on all your social pages. Until next time, remember that you have the power to multiply life without burnout.